very simple. Um, one of the things, especially if you're going to, we'll get into this a little bit more um, as, as we go, but what you confess out of your mouth is so vitally important. To the point, to the to the point that James says that a little rudder, like your tongue, it'll change the, the whole direction. It'll literally, it'll, it'll even change your body, the direction of the ship. And what you're going to find is we're going to dive into the DHC more and into the scriptures. James said it this way: How can bitter water and sweet water come out of the same fountain? And so, what you're going to find is that how you speak as far as the Word of God or not the Word of God in your mouth is going to be vital. Especially if you're coming here and you're, you're dealing with sickness and disease or, or anything else. And one of the greatest pieces of advice someone asked me, or, you know, when I was telling them early on, and, uh, and I said, you know, man, I'm, I'm seeing some success and getting some wins out there as far as on the street ministering. And I said, you know, man, just, um, but I just can't break this. You know, it's just like headaches and back pains and ankles. And, and they told me, they said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you, when you tell someone you're going to be there at 10, are you there on time? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you, you know, I'm always on Mexican time, you know, <laughs> And, you know, or do you keep your word? You know, he was kind of asking these, these simple things, like, you know, little things. Do you, you know, if you put a schedule in your own calendar, do you keep your word to yourself? And I said, well, I, I, I don't pay attention. I think so. And he said, you should. And I said, well, why? He said, because if you don't believe me, why would a devil believe me? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. See, here's the thing with divine healing that most people separate it for some odd reason. Divine healing is spiritual warfare. I'll give you a perfect example because I honestly, I was fully expecting this. Look around you. How many empty chairs we got? Probably five or six. I, I'm, I'm being honest. I was fully expecting this. You know, when, when all of our DHCs, when we met a couple Sundays ago, and, uh, you, you know, when we met a couple Sundays ago, yeah, we were here. What did I tell you? We were getting into spiritual warfare. Come on in. We're, 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 when we were getting into, what is that like? The mind mm -hmm. renewal. Ooh, that one was, that was intense. And, and so... When we were when you're getting when we were getting into even just just the last Sunday, I told him I said watch moving forward, watch moving forward. What see a lot of the times a lot of the times we think of spiritual warfare and we think of, of ghosts and goblins and we think of stuff appearing and everything else and you know the you know the Satan you know appearing at the edge of your bed and saying to you. You're not going to go today. Or I'm going to torment you today. Or all, all this stuff. No. Because here's the thing. Paul talks about in Ephesians 5. Uh, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in, in high places. 
right? He mentions four things. It's interesting that when the fivefold ministry is mentioned, right? Apostles, prophet, evangelists, what we would say the Greek pastor, teacher. Just, I'm just saying, for out of the five, they call it fivefold ministry, but it's four, four things. Four things that, that the church has in levels of internal authority. Four things that the spirits around the darkness have in their internal authority. And so, but in all of that, when you read the book of Acts, you know what you don't find? You'll never find Peter or Paul saying, and I seen a devil. I, I, you know, this happened or that happened. No, you know what you, you know what you find? Human beings stoning him. You know what you find? Circumstances happening that are out of the ordinary. Storms happening, taking place. Vipers coming out of, you know, wood. All these different circumstances and situations. And so we did a quick acknowledging what is in you because in Philemon, this is what it says. Philemon 1, go to verse uh, 5. Actually, yeah, we'll read 5 and 6. What chapter? It's just one chapter. Oh. Five, yeah, Philemon 1, one, five, and 6. It says, Hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all of the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Who wants their faith to become effective? Okay, he's about to tell you how. You want your faith to be effective? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You want your faith to be effective? You want to minister to those that are around you? You want to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils? You know what most people would say? Go fast and pray. I'm going to say fasting and praying is a bad thing. It's a good thing. But you know what? Fasting and praying, we're going to get into this today, doesn't make you more spiritual. He says you want your faith to be effective? Acknowledge the truth of who you are in him and what you have now become. Speak it out. Say it about you. Why? Because he says it about you. So a very important aspect in this, what's coming out of your mouth? If negativity is coming out of your mouth and then all of a sudden you want to go lay hands on the sick, it don't work like that. Well, I'll say this. Somebody might get healed, but it's probably not because of your faith. See, I, I, I want to be able to minister to the sick and know that I was a participant in that. I want to be able to have that in my life that I can... I can be secure to rest upon, to grow in. And this is where, see, some people who are coming, and this is every time, in, in anything. Any, but some people some, some people who are coming are coming to go because I'm sick. I want to know how to get, I, I want to know how to no longer be sick. That's fine. And it, we'll teach you, you're going to learn how, how, how to not no longer be sick. You're going to learn how to operate in healing, and you're going to be able to minister to yourself and, and some to others. But you're not going to do much with it. Well, you're gonna you're you're gonna live like this. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. 
You're going to live this way. Why? Because you will reap what you sow. If you sow into other people, what will you reap? See, here's the principle in Genesis. Every seed re reproduces of its own kind. So I can't sow $1,000 to reap a healing of the cancer. Don't work like that. So all of the lying people that are on television that tell you that, they're liars. And I hope if you go to a church that says that, they're lying and leave. Run. Run, please. Now, I'm not saying don't give financially support. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying if they're saying, Randy, if you if you sell 500 you, if you sow $91, because I, I felt Psalms 91, you know, no, that's gardens, they're lives. They've got devil's leaf. Get out of there. We ain't got time for it. That's the truth. Now, but you will reap what you sow. If you want financial blessings and you want to see growth, then have faith in giving, and you'll reap of that as well. This is how this works. So if you, want to, if you want to see stability in health, it has nothing to do that God's given it to you. We're going to outline this. He already gave it to you. He already gave it to you. But if you want to see not just healing, but divine health, it's going to take for you to sow in ministering to people. Why? Because does that mean that God's going to give it to you? No, it has nothing to do with that. You know what it has to do with? It has to do with your faith and confidence. In the fact that it does work. So if it works for everyone else, why would it work for me? And that means consistency, frequency, repetition. That means to be able to do it over and over again until it just becomes a part of you. You know, today I got a call from a young lady. And uh, she came. Uh, she hasn't been here in a while. Um... I don't know. You might have been here, Deborah, when we, when we ministered to you. I don't know if you were here. Yeah, no. She had epilepsy. Oh, yeah. Uh, with her dad here? She's, yeah, here. Oh, she. She had yeah. She's right? 19 years old. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Young girl. No longer has epilepsy. She hasn't had seizures. She hasn't had seizures in I don't even know how long. Yeah, yes. So... No longer has epilepsy. She contacted me today. She was able to go to Bible college. She's living in a dorm. She's living in all this stuff. And so she contacted me and said, I'm praying for one of my coworkers. And she's got severe neck pain and shoulder pain. She fell. And uh, would you minister to her? Now, we have a, a good relationship, so we talk all the time. And so as people are starting to, like, let's say, let's say, Randy, you and I moving forward from beyond this class, and we we end up, and you're you're out there, and you're ministering to people, and you're calling, going, "Hey, this is what happened, man! I had victory. This man, this happened. God did this. God did this." But man, I'm kind of hitting the wall here, and we'll walk through some stuff, right? But there's always going to come a point in time where, as you're asking me questions, I'm going to stretch you too, because this is how this works. It's called coaching. <laughs> That, that's that's my job, is to coach you there, to get you there. And so she called me and she said, you know, I, I miss, you know, um, she's in a lot of pain, would you, you know, would you minister to her? So then my text back, notice how I worded it. Not knowing anything of the story, I just said, I said, I, I asked her, I said, Well, tell me about what happened when you ministered to, to her 
And how did that go? Because I'm assuming you're laying hands on this person and you're not just coming to me. Right? Because then that makes someone more special. And what we're here to learn is nobody's more special. This is about Jesus and the price that he paid and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. That's what this is about. There is no special people in that way. Okay? And so her, and then her response was, I've ministered to her over and over since yesterday. She says her, the pain has gone down a little bit, but she has no mobility to her neck. This is at 9.45, roughly, 9.30 in the morning. I said, okay. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Call, continue to minister to her. She's a coworker. Continue to minister to her again. Call me or text me at noontime because she'll, she'll be fine. I forgot all about it. I'm working. I get a text. In a, I get a screenshot on the text today. And she said, and it show, so it shows the time. It's like 1232. And she sends the text and said, hey, how are you doing? How is the pain? And can you move your neck? Well, actually, no, she said, how is your pain? And the girl said, uh, I, I don't have any pain, but I haven't been able to. And then there's a stop. And then there's the next text. I just moved it fully right now. <laughs> so, so she texts me this, and she goes, how did you know it would happen at noontime? I said, I didn't. She said, you got to understand how this works. So what was that? You spoke it. See, I spoke it. God backed it up. Mm. See, this is this is how. Okay, man, I'll, I'll throw an Old Testament story for you. Okay, here's the spies who go into the city of Jericho. They go in, and they're trying to find out what's going on. And a little lady by the name of what? Anybody remember the story? Rahab. Rahab. Rahab goes, finds them. She's not a good Christian woman. Okay? But Rahab finds them. Hides in her house, which, that's a whole other sermon, right? Is, is the, way, the way the perception would be of, of these godly Hebrew men would have gone in. So they go in, and all of this, and then because she saves them, protects them, what do they say? Care, uh, uh, put out a scarlet rag outside the window. So we will know. So that way when we come in, they won't hurt you. Stay indoors. Did God tell them to say that? Or did they just say that? And then what happened after they circled, you know, once every day, and for third, and then on the last time they circled the seven times. What happened? Everything fell except her apartment. God never told them to say that. And yet, what did God do? I'll honor. What you said. 
So if they did it, what about us that are part of the new covenant? What about understanding all of the, acknowledging all of those things that are in us? See, healing is part of spiritual warfare. I was never, we counted yet, I think last week when we had 27, 28 people. That's great. It's wonderful. Did I, I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping that everybody would make it with full anticipation. But I also know this well enough to know that once truth starts being dispersed and faith starts kind of rising, you know what the devil does? How much do you believe? Yeah, he comes and distracts. He's going to distract you. Mm-hmm. Overwhelm you. Over, and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. You know, and, and it's going to be anything. It can be frustrating. It can be through work. It can be through spouses. It can be through animals. It can be through whatever, you know, and, and all these different things. The enemy is going, he does, he's not going to just sit back and let you go and just go, geez, man. Man, I thought I had him, but I guess not. Well, oh well. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He's got his mind on Because that one is scared all the time. Hmm? You get attacked. And, and it happens. I had a really bad day today, boy. It was this close. You know, trying to fight not to not come. Yeah. You know? And then when Leslie called me, we were just talking, and it was just like, you know, you just had to force yourself. I said, we're going with Eddie. You know, we hadn't seen our son in a couple of weeks. He came home today, and of course, he ended up having to sleep. I had a bunch of stuff going on, and I was just like, I was overwhelmed today. Yep. And yeah, it can get to you, but thank God we pressed through it. <laughs> and, and see, yeah. I was back to uh, the old man who was trying to come up to me, and I said, no. This is at the baptism of Jesus. Okay? This is why when you're reading your Bible, read it slow, take your time, don't rush, because if you rush, you're going to miss very important statements. And what happens is if you don't catch the little things, you will miss the things that other ministries will tell you that will set you off just by one degree. Okay. See, because we always, what is, this is our authority. Had nothing to do with Brother Kirk. Had nothing to do with J.J. Allen. Has nothing to do with Scripture. This is our authority. If it's here, an argument. An argument. And not just if it's here, if it makes sense and it lines up with Scripture. Not just a blend, not just a one-time statement. Okay. Matthew 4, 13 says this. 
that Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the what? What's it say? The heavens were opened to him. That is Matthew for uh, three sixteen. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like three sixteen. Three sixteen. It says the heavens were opened to him. The heavens were opened to him. All of this garbage of praying for the heavens to open for you is a lie. Because when he came, they opened. And guess what? They never closed since. The heavens were opened. The heavens were opened. That's right. They never closed again. That's right. So all of this stuff of of opened and closed heavens, all of this stuff that you gotta pray to have access into it, lies. You were given access through Christ. Will you access what you have access for? That is why we're here. You don't need an open heaven. You need to be born again because he already opened it for you. It's almost like when Jacob saw the ladder to heaven, mm-hmm. the angels ascended and descended. Ascended and descended, yeah. A, a, a prophetic view. What would ultimately be that Christ would come, and as we are as we are seated with Him in heavenly places, and then yet Paul says we are co-laborers with Him, co-heirs. So we are seated with Him, and we're working here. He is seated with us and working through us here, because. It would be really weird if Randy's head was in the attic space above and his body below. But yet we have no problem cutting Jesus' head off from the body and assuming the head is in heaven and his body is here. We have the here's the problem. The church preaches a decapitated gospel. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it doesn't work. That's why we still struggle. That's why we have a hard time to believe. That's why we're always double-minded. And a lot of it it just kind of going the back and forth. Because we can't understand how him in heaven and we're here, how's the connection? Well, the connection is, it's all connected when you're born again. Problem is, 
Well, we're talking about acknowledging what is in you. What do we say? For your faith to be effective, acknowledge everything that's in you. That's the key. You want to know why this is going to work? This is going to, this works because of that. That's what makes this work. It's not information. It's transformation. It's, it's completely different. Where are we at in the manual? We're on page from on ours, babe. Thirty-three. Okay. Uh, section four. Why did Jesus heal? Well, yeah, Why did Jesus heal? Compassion. I want to show you something else with compassion that's here. Okay, Jesus didn't heal to prove he was God. Because then, obviously, we heard Brother Curry in the video. If, if Jesus healed to prove he was God, then the disciples were God. Or the guy that they that we don't even know his name. Yeah, or the 70 were God. Well, how about the guy that, that the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, this dude over here, he's over here, you know, healing the sick, casting out devils, and he's not with, he's not part of our life team. And Jesus goes, well, leave him alone, let him be. You know, if he's not against us, he's for us. Well, then that would mean that he was God. And, you know, then, and that's, but he didn't heal to prove he was God. That's not how that worked. He healed out of compassion. He did not function. And man, this is huge. You've got to, you've got to get this. Somebody go to Philippians 2, verse 5. Find it and then be willing to read it. But Jesus did not function as God on the earth. This is huge. Because this is where if you're in a Sunday sermon you're hearing somebody minister the word and they're saying, you got to live holy. you got to live righteous. I mean, I know you're going to fail. I know you're going to make... I mean, we're not Jesus. This is where the lie is suddenly placed right in front of you when Scripture says something very different. Who's got Philippians 2, verse 5? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Okay. So it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What about verse, now somebody continue? Verse 6. Okay, continue. But made himself of no reputation. Taking form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Continue. All the way to 11. Okay. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. 
that is at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, for those in heaven and those on earth, and those underneath the earth, under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Okay. It says, Jesus did not come with all of his God stuff. Somebody go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. If you have it in the New King James or the ESV, I'm more familiar with that translation. Acts 10, 38. Somebody has it? Read it. I have it in the ESV. Go ahead. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were pressed up to death, for God was with him. Okay. Book, book, book and statements here. So it didn't say that Jesus came down in all of his glory as God, as, as he did in the heavens, separate, completely different than all of humanity. That's what it said. It said he was anointed of the Holy Spirit and power. Okay. Isn't that what Jesus said that we would be? Acts 1.8. That you would receive power after that the Holy Ghost would come upon you. And then you shall be martyrs in me. In Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. So he said... You're going to get the Holy Ghost, and you're going to have power. It says in Acts 10.38 that Jesus gave had authority through the Spirit and power. He was anointed of God with the Holy Ghost and power. Doing, doing good. Well, what, what was the good he did? Ha having compassion, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, cleansing the leper, Right? So how did Jesus do it? By the Spirit. Because God was with him. What was one of the names in the New Testament that Luke says, and his name shall be called... Any, any, you know, we have it for Christmas all the time. Amen. Which means? God goes with us. So then that means the same thing that Jesus had, we have. Because God was with us, or is with us. So then that means there's no excuse. <laughs> now, you, yes. You know, I read in a book here a while back, I can't remember which one I tried to read so many, um, but this guy, he was talking about Jesus born like us, human flesh, was raised like us. And it wasn't until, like you said, he got baptized and filled with the Spirit and the power. But he said, what people don't get is, they look at Jesus, not that he's not very special, but he's, you know, more special than us. But when in reality, which I never knew this, he only listened to the Holy Spirit. The Father would tell the Holy Spirit what to tell Jesus. So like he's walking down the road and God wanted the man healed, the Holy Spirit would tell him to go and touch that man to heal him. 
They never did anything without the Father and the Spirit working with them, which made it more, I don't want to say, that's us, and that's how we're supposed to. Not that he wasn't the Son of God, but I can't say that. I would say I would agree with most of that statement. Um, yes, he walked in full alignment of in the fullness of the Spirit, the Scripture says. But we never find that God told him to heal this person. That's not mentioned one time in all of Scripture. Right, because it was through the Holy Spirit that was in him. Well, and he gives us what he here's this is what I, this is what what I would say. This is whoever made this statement, or I would disagree with their statement. They're they're putting in this through the back door this this statement of, but you got to have the Spirit tell you. When all it says, but let's go to let's go to the scripture here. Okay, in Matthew nine nine thirty five. It says that Jesus went, went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, see like the, the, whoever made this statement, if, when he saw the multitude, the spirit moved him to heal the sick. That's not what it says. It says he was moved with compassion. Okay, so I've got the Greek definition here. I wrote it down. For the word compassion. It's number 4697 in the Strong's Concordance. Twelve times it uses the word compassion. And here's the definition. To have your bowels yearn. Figuratively. The inward parts indicating the breast or the heart as the seed of emotion and passions. In the New Testament, of the gender emotions is compassion, tender affection, indicating the mind, the soul, and the inner man. This is what it's saying. You and I would make this type of statement. I was watching the 10 o'clock news. Did you see what they did? What somebody did to that little baby? It turned my stomach. But that, no, as in, I'm using that as an example. Oh, we're like, <laughs> I look serious. I know, I know. I was saying, you watch TV. <laughs> Definitely not the news. But see, have you ever, that, that makes a, 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 a statement, that's a statement that we've heard or we've experienced that turned my stomach. Couldn't believe they did that. This word, 12 times. What it means is Jesus looked and turned his stomach. The reason why I'm making that statement, because when we make that statement, it was the spirit. No, here's, here's, here's the reality. Jesus felt what we should feel when we're fully aligned with God. It turned his stomach. That's what this word compassion means right here. Does he say often to bear each other's burdens? Yeah. And, and now here's another one. This one's used twice. It's not used as often. It's not used in this text. Uh, 1653 in the Strong's Concordance. And this one means to imply or not merely a feeling for the misfortunes of others involving sympathy. 
but also an active desire to remove those miseries. So sometimes it's that gut-wrenching feeling, and the other times it's going, oh, no, I'm changing that. And then going and changing it. So when Jesus had compassion, that's the definition of those two of that word two different times. So now let's put that in context. Right here, he, he, it was gut-wrenching for him. He was moved with, and I'll use it, his bowels were yearning on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He says to the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Okay? Now catch this. So his, his stomach turns because the people are sick and oppressed by the devil. He sees them scattered abroad. His next statement is to the disciples, pray for somebody to have the compassion to go and change this situation. Okay? Remember I told you, when you're reading your Bible, take out the chapters and verses. Because the next verse says, and when he called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all that manner of sickness and manner of diseases. Why is that important? Here's the reality. Because Jesus had compassion, Jesus said, all right, you 12 jokers that haven't figured it out yet, I'm giving you authority to go. And see, we look at, we look at ministry and go, oh, they got it together. That's why they're able to do that. No, here's the reality. They're able to do that because Jesus had compassion. So he uses people that might not be ready, and it's okay. Because it has nothing to do with their ability. It has to do that Jesus goes, man, the world is really messed up, so I'm going to use who I have. And who's that? Us. So it has nothing to do that they perfected it. It had nothing to do that they were special people. No, they weren't special people. Because he had compassion. He said, through me, you can do it. Go. It's that simple. So when you go, well, I don't know if I'm ready. Or, I don't know if I have enough faith. This is what you're saying. Hear, here's, hear me, hear my heart. When somebody says, I don't know if I have enough faith to do that. This is what you're saying. I don't know if God is trustworthy. I don't know if God is trustworthy enough for me to believe him that he'll come through. I know he came through other times, but I'm not sure about this time. That's what we are saying when we go, man, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I have, oh man, that's cancer. I don't know if I have enough faith to lay hands on, on that person. Why? Oh, if it was a headache, yeah, God's powerful enough. But that, that devil, that I think that devil, that sickness might be bigger than God. So I, I don't know. 
This is what's being. This is what you're saying when you're reacting that way. We, we just know it's true. Oh, I was going to say something. We can do all things through Christ Jesus our Lord. Absolutely, through the Holy Spirit. What? Well, here, here's the deal. If the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to do it, you still have authority to do it. Go do it. Yeah, that's true. See, because we have compassion. This is what if if if. <laughs> Our old pastor uh, uh, in Tracy with uh, Pastor Doug did this on Sunday morning one time, and it was it was funny, it was comical, but there was there was just some truth to get past these sacred cows and these lies that we carry in our mind. Yeah. That well, I, you know, the Spirit has to tell me, or God has to tell me. It's not true. It's not true at all. The Spirit doesn't have to tell you anything. He already told you, and this is what this is what he did. He passed out little circles of fishing lead to everyone in the congregation. Did everyone get one? Yeah, everyone got one. 300 little pieces of lead. He said, okay, pick it up. Pick up your hand if you got it. Yeah, okay, I got it. Okay, put it in your pocket. Okay, Pastor. Why? Because now when you're out there, you can't say you're not being led. <laughs> Go be led. So stop making excuses and go. Why? Because he already told you you can. Why? Because he said through his compassion, that's why they were healed. You know, he the the, the it will if the spirit has to tell you and pick people out. So this is the, the, I, I was I was gonna go get a laser, but like because. This is what it's not. Okay, I'll do this for two minutes, and then we'll take a quick break. This is what it's not. When I'm laying hands on the sick, you ever see like, uh, um, you know, an army movie or whatever, and they'll, you know, they have that laser on their gun where a plane's coming in, right? And they'll they'll hit that target, and then that's what gets shot, you know. And and sometimes we we treat that we treat it as if that's if that's Lay hands on sick. Right here. God, right here. This is the one, right here. This is the one, right here. Go. And then the Holy Ghost comes in, drops a bomb, boom, they get healed. And that's the way it works. That's not how it works. That's not, that has not, that's not how this works. It's not targeting them and then waiting for something from heaven to fall because heaven's already been opened. See, you have to get this. We're going to take a quick break. Do you understand? Or better yet, do you believe? There is not, you are not waiting for anything to come from heaven. It's already in you. If you believe that, you're going to wait for a long time. And guess what? It's never going to come. Because that means you're not believing what he said. And what he said is simple. That I have given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I'm not waiting for anything. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's not coming from heaven into you. When you pray for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost, it's not something coming from heaven down. That was Pentecost. That was Cornelius and the Gentiles. 
Because Jesus said, I think it's in, in John 10, I think it's 10 or 11 maybe. He's at a banquet, he stands up. And he says, for out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And then in parentheses it says, and this he speaks of the Holy Ghost that had not yet come. So out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Why is that important? Because if it's out of your belly, how did it get in there? If it goes here out or here out, how did it get here? You were born again. When you were born again, you were born of the Spirit. So when you were born of the Spirit, when what comes out of you is Spirit. So nothing from heaven is falling. Everything is here through Him. You have access through Christ. Amen? All right, let's take a quick break. If you need to rest your